you got to feel sorry for Joe Biden. Our economic future is looking worse than we thought, initially thought, and the attacks on religion continue, and it doesn't look like there are any barriers in sight. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, one of the funnier interactions on during Joe Biden's Wednesday, on Wednesday summit with Vlad Putin was his reaction when an unsolicited question from CNN reporter Caitlin Collins came up. And unlike a lot of people, I, I think, I, I actually feel bad here for Joe Biden. And I think I need to explain why. First off, basically what she asked Joe was, hey, how do you know you can trust, how, why do you, do you have faith, why do you have faith in Vlad Putin doing the right thing when it comes to everything they talked about? So it, I thought it was a pretty good question. But, you know, Biden's staff didn't actually have this message written up, so they didn't really expect it. But his reaction, Biden's reaction, he became very angry. And I think we need to look at this in a little different way. So let's listen to the interaction. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident he'll change his behavior. What do you do all the time? I said what I said was, let's get it straight. I said what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks, he downplayed human rights abuses, he even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin? President? You don't understand that. You're in the wrong business. It's a summit with China. Now, before I actually sit back and, you know, glob sympathy on Joe Biden because honestly he really doesn't deserve it this is the kind of piece of crap he is he's been doing this temper thing having temper tantrums his entire career he did it when he decided to come out of his basement and actually look at the world uh during the campaign last year he he did this all the time he called one reporter who asked a tough question, and it may have been a reporter, I'm not sure if it was a reporter or it was just somebody, he called him fatty because he didn't like the question. He almost got into a fight with a union worker over gun control. Now, I would have paid anything to have seen that. And it looked bad for him, not because he was going to pick a fight with a guy who apparently was not going to vote for him again, but he also didn't know the difference between an AR-14 and an AR-15. Of course, there's no such thing as an AR-14. And I guess he thought AR-14s shot 100 rounds. Well, since there are no AR-14s, they can't shoot 100 rounds. And he also challenged an 80-year-old man who asked him a tough question to a push-up contest. And we can't forget the uh, lying pony boy soldier comment to a college girl I, he does this all the time he's been and he it's not just 
as he's been getting older, it he's been doing this throughout his entire career. Joe Biden now is just a grouchy old man, and he doesn't like being cha- challenged. Now, he knew he'd messed this up, and he tried to back away from it later. Uh, he ha- always has the media on his side, and especially CNN, because this is this was a CNN reporter, and he knew that he was going to have to kind of back out. And it seemed really, it's too bad when Steve Ducey asked a question. And his question was actually a lot harder than this Caitlin's question from CNN. I can't remember her last name already because I don't watch CNN. And I really don't care, Collins. Uh, But Joe Biden was able to answer that question because Steve Ducey wasn't actually questioning Joe Biden's competence. And I think, I mean, the question he asked was a lot more of a milquetoast question. Did you talk about the China virus and the lab leak theory? What are you guys going to do with it? But if Biden had actually popped off at him, it would have been a lot better because then the media would have just said, well, he's a racist and and things like that. And Joe Biden is, is a warrior fighting against white supremacy, blah, blah, blah. Same thing. He did bow down to the. He did bow down uh, to almost apologize, but not quite apologize. While he was on the tarmac, and he was about to in Geneva, and he was about to take off, he said, "Listen, the yes, it's just if you don't understand politics, you shouldn't be a political deal. You shouldn't be a political reporter. You should understand how this whole thing works." So he kind of backed. Uh, off of it. But I think Joe Biden lost his temper for a couple reasons. One, he knew this trip was an absolute disaster. He knew the media was going to jerk him off too. So he was okay with that. Nothing was accomplished in the week he was in Europe. He didn't do anything, got nothing in Geneva except say what the United States was going to give. No promises that he'd get anything. Uh, Erdogan's meeting apparently was so bad, they don't even talk about it. And it was all privatized. And then he's meeting Vladimir Putin, the dictator of a country who has the economy of Italy and who's been known to murder his rivals. And gave Putin the um, a, a pipeline, an oil pipeline into Germany and Europe, and got nothing out of it. He also saw he also saw probably more so today than he would have seen on Wednesday that my gosh, I did some really stupid things, like give him a list of infrastructure he doesn't want Putin to target. The CNN question was interesting, and the reaction was interesting, because she was basically asking Biden, are you so naive that you trust this murderous tyrant? He didn't like this, and he reacted to that. Even though Ducey's question was far more probative and far more substantial, and would have made Biden look really weak right off the bat. Biden is beginning to realize 
he may have bitten off more than he can chew. That's what I see. I actually feel sorry for the guy because his age is really showing. His insecurities are really showing. I guarantee you, if he had a he had a newsroom filled with reporters that were against him, he would probably just drop dead of a heart attack because he's having so much problems acknowledging that he may not be able to do this job. And I get the impression that he is beginning to acknowledge that he has declining mental fitness and declining health and things are a lot harder than he thought he was doing and everything he's doing right now is not working to the point that all someone has to do is say, hey, uh," and even if that individual is an ally, he's going to blow it. But this really, this trip really proved his weakness. It really proved his incompetence. And it really proved how slow he actually is. And I think he's beginning to realize that a little bit. And he's beginning to feel the strain. And I don't think that's something I want to celebrate. I actually felt kind of sorry for him when I watched that video. I know a lot of people on the right are looking at searching that, showing that video. And they're saying, well, the guy's an ass and this and that. No, that's a reaction of an old man who's really insecure and doesn't know what he's doing. Doesn't know if what he's doing is right. Because everything it seems like he's doing is, is just screwed up. And he's reacting. And he's upset about it. And he's just not sure. And he's trying to just force people to believe that what he's doing is okay. And you know something? It, it, it's showing that his administration doesn't trust him either. Last week, or during the trip, he someone had asked, do you trust Vlad Putin? Now, I didn't report this earlier, and that's because I just didn't see the video or anything like that. But apparently it did happen. And one of the things he did, uh, someone asked him, do you trust Vlad Putin? Which is a not a really great question, because the answer should be most definitely no. Vlad Putin is an, a murderous dictator tyrant. He's a horrid human being. And Joe Biden just nodded and waved at the reporter. And the reporters reported this, all of them. They said, well, he looked at her, and he nodded when he... In, in a firm affirmation that he did trust Vlad Putin. Well, Jen Psaki, without even talking to Joe Biden, said no. He, it was a crowded room. He just nodded to the reporter. He didn't hear the questioning. She didn't even talk to Joe Biden. His administration is not even confirming what he's doing or what he's thinking. That's scary. What would happen if 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 um, uh, Kaylee McEnany did that with Trump? Trump did the same thing, and Kaylee McEnany walked up and said, "No, no, no, no." Trump would have tear her apart, whether she was right or wrong. Right? Whether Trump did think that or not, it wouldn't matter. You you always talk to me first. You do not just go out there and do this. He's showing weakness. He's showing his age. And. That's something that you got to feel sort of sympathetic for. I don't feel sorry for any guy who's got like four homes, is a millionaire when he worked for the government for 50 years. I don't feel bad for that. And I don't feel bad for him because of, of all the things he's said and what he's doing in this country. But you got to feel sorry for the guy because you know he's not running things. 
And this reaction is just another piece of evidence to that. Anyway, um, and this is the part that actually doesn't make me feel bad for Joe Biden either because he's really effing this country up. And that would be great if it weren't for the fact my bank account is getting affected and your bank account's getting affected. Uh, this this, this kind of sucks. According to CNBC, quote, on what, and the, re <coughs> the reason I'm quoting this is I'm not a real, I'm not real down on all the economic stuff. I understand a lot of it, but I don't understand some of it. I understand what's going on here, but this is bad. On Wednesday, Federal Reserve considerably, from MSCNBC, quote, on Wednesday, the Federal Reserve considerably raised its expectations for inflation this year and brought forward a time frame on when it will next raise interest rates. However, the central bank gave no indication as to when it will be cutting back on its aggressive bond buying program, though Fed Chairman Jerome Powell acknowledged that officials discussed this in a meeting. They're thinking that the inflation over the next year could grow to a record high 4% next year. So now the Fed is afraid that inflation, which they said would be short-term. I mean, remember, we talked about this before. They said, oh, it's probably going to end in September or October. Now they're saying it's not going to end, possibly, until 2024. And that's because not only is it we, we've got a uh, supply and demand problem, we got a lot of people with a lot of money who want a lot of services and products, but there aren't enough workers and the supply lines are down. And that's creating inflation. We still have to worry about a superheated economy. And that's going to raise prices. Where we have just too much money in the economy. And, and suddenly your dollar is going to go down. Now they're beginning to worry about that. And they're thinking, that could end on 2024. And now they're saying they're afraid to, to buy back bonds. The reason they're afraid to buy back bonds, and I actually got this from another podcast, the reason they're afraid to buy back bonds is because when someone sells a bond to the Fed, the Fed just prints the money and gives the person the money for the bond. If they print out more money, they're putting more money into circulation, which again raises inflation. That's what it means by the superheated economy. The Fed doesn't have any money. So, you know, these bonds, the feds, the feds, where do they, they don't have any money. So I go, I sell a bond back to the federal government. Federal government tells the uh, uh, treasury, okay, print out this much amount of money, and they hand me that money. Now they put more money in the circulation, superheating the, uh, heating the economy. And if there's too much money that's printed in the economy, everyone has a lot of printed money. The value of that money goes down. Prices go up, and we've got um, $10,000 for a loaf of bread, which is exactly what happened in Venezuela, because they did exactly the same thing in Venezuela. This is Jimmy Carter all over again. Now, before you sit back and say, Gene, you're being a negative Nancy, is this 
or you panic. Maybe you're you're sitting there and worrying. I'm worrying. I, I I'm definitely worrying. I'm, wor- I'm looking at my bank account. I'm worried about it. I'm looking at at, at gas being four twenty a gallon now. But I'll give you something. I'm not panicking. I did say this is Jimmy Carter all over again, and I do believe that. That's where we're heading. I mean, everything is almost identical. The inflation, the uh, gas prices, the gas shortages, all this is, is Jimmy Carter. But what happened after Jimmy Carter? We got Ronald Reagan. So I am not completely, I, I am actually, honestly, I am actually very confident about what I'm seeing in the country right now. I'm seeing the country crash and burn. Let's face it, if things didn't crash and burn right away, if it took a long time, if it was stagnant and it was stagnant going down, people may not have seen this stuff. And then they they don't want to change. I don't want the country going under. I do not pray that Joe Biden fails. I'm not a I am not a liberal here. I do not want Joe Biden to fail. I want him to succeed. But his ideas and his policies, they can't succeed. And I know they're not going to succeed. And if they're going to fail, fail fast so that in 2022 we can get ourselves a Republican and a Republican Senate and House. We can stop all this insanity and get ourselves a president like DeSantis in 2024. Now, I know... Everyone is sitting back, well, no, what about Trump? I, I don't want Trump to be president in 2024. Trump will be, how old will, he'll be 78 years old, 77 years old. We do not need another 77-year-old in the presidency. Let's get a DeSantis. Let's get a Nikki Haley. Let's get a, uh, I don't really care for Abbott, but let's get somebody in, let's get somebody in the presidency that's younger, has a ton more energy. I can't think of anyone who has more energy than Trump, but let's face it, 78 is getting kind of old. Let's get someone in there that's new blood and can definitely go for eight years. So I'm not a huge fan of Trump being in the White House. His policies are excellent. I will say that. His policies are absolutely excellent. But so are DeSantis's. And DeSantis is half the age of Trump. So let's stick him in there instead. But this is the only thing Biden's policies were never going to work. We knew they never were going to work. We knew we, we were going to see stagnation. We were going to see inflation. We were going to see the rise of, rise of gas prices. We knew we would see the problems with, uh, with uh, regular, heavy regulation. We knew he was going to cancel the Keystone Pipeline and he was going to stop drilling and he was an enemy of the coal. It's good that his policies, if they were going to crash the economy, they crash the economy quick because then there will be some pushback. And there is pushback right now. All right, well, the courts, here's on our last couple of stories, the courts are getting pummeled with religious freedom cases. And there were a couple, there was a, a, the courts are. The Supreme Court is one, and then the courts over in, uh, uh, courts over in Colorado, which has a very big case, um, they're also working. Um, there were a couple of rulings this week. One was, well, I'd say it was good, sort of, kind of, not really. It wasn't terrible. It's just 
didn't really solve anything, and one was not good at all. As a matter of fact, the Supreme Court's decision before is what led to the second, the bad court case being started up again. So, I mean, do you want the good news or the bad news first? I don't know. I, I'm more of a guy who wants to end on a positivity thing. So let's take a look at the bad news first, and then let's go to the good news. I'm Well, it's not really good news, but it's not terrible news. So let's go to the bad news first, and then let's go to the not-so-terrible news next. You probably know this story because it's been around for, like, I don't know, forever. Uh, there was a bakery called the Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado, owned by a guy named Jack Phillips. Now, Jack Phillips was a conservative Christian, and he runs his business, for better or worse, under Christian principles. Now, I say for better or worse is because if you know about Christian principles, they can be rather rigid. And he did some things that were kind of rather rigid, but not really. So the thing is, a lot of people may see him as being just a little too rigid, and they may not shop. Being very rigid in Christian principles can actually lose you business. But outside of that, I mean, he didn't really do anything bad. Uh, when gay marriage was made legal, a gay couple walked into a store knowing who he was and what he would do and asked him to create a custom wedding cake for their gay marriage. He said, Philip said, you know, I can't do that uh, because of religious reasons, reasons, but they could pick any other cake in the store or he could just create a cake that was kind of neutral on the subject they said no and walked out of the store not much of an argument the two went straight to the courthouse and filed a lawsuit so they could see that these two guys were act they filed a lawsuit uh, about uh, of discrimination against gay people these two guys were actually activists the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, doesn't that sound Orwellian, ruled against Phillips. They said he discriminated based off gender. This thing went all the way to the Supreme Court, where the court ruled that the commission was biased against religion, and they threw out these cases. Now, this is going to be a problem, because the Supreme Court did this. It, this happened in 2018. And the Supreme Court actually invited more cases just like this in. And it's happening again. The court never ruled on whether this was a free speech, which means you can't discriminate me on what I say or what I do, or a religious freedom case, which is I can do whatever. Now, according to the Constitution, is what you're supposed to be able to do is you need to be able to meld these. And usually it's create certain exemptions for religious freedom versus free speech. So, for example, uh, a gay couple screams discrimination, which would be uh, because they're gay, which is a free speech issue. And a religious guy says, I, 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 cannot, I, I cannot help these gay people because of my religious views. And by the way, the Bible says anybody who is gay sleep if a man sleeps with a man as if he was with a woman he shall die it, it makes it very clear 
that is a conflict between freedom of religion and freedom of speech. And a lot of the founders actually thought, okay, well, there are going to be exemptions and carve-outs when the two actually compete. It's in the Federalist Papers. So if religious freedom and free speech actually overlap, well, then both of them are separated out. You still can say and do whatever you want, but religion doesn't have to necessarily follow your lead. That's how it's supposed to be. So this, the problem is they didn't do that. They just said that, well, the commission was biased. So it never got to a freedom of speech versus a freedom of religion thing. Right after he won that case, the guy has been harassed left and right. Literally, after the day after the case happened, a transgender couple came in and said they wanted a transgender cake. I mean, this is stuff has been going on now for him since the 2008, well, since he was actually went through this after gay marriage was legalized. Well, another case has just come right back up. The Civil Rights Commission made a ruling. He lost, of course. This time, he wouldn't design a case for a trans person's coming out party. Jesus. Phillips is being represented. I mean, can, can these people find a baker anywhere else? And do you mean to tell me you can't find someone who bakes that believes in the LGBT? Like, no gay bakers. Seriously. This is nothing but harassment, and that should be enough for the commission to say, no, we're not going to, no. You guys are actually going after him. And apparently there have been a bunch of people who have been complaining. But that's what that weak-ass ruling caused, is that people could continue to complain. Phillips is being represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, and the gal who's defending him is uh, Kristen, uh, Kristen Wagner. She gave the following overview of the case. Quote, Jack Phillips serves all people but shouldn't be forced to create custom cakes with messages that violate his conscience. By the way, this, here's a, he shouldn't be able to have to do it for anyone. If he doesn't want to help a black person, he, he, the system is going to, the capitalism will take care of him. But that's not the case here. In this case, an activist attorney demanded Jack create, a cust- create custom cakes in order to test Jack and to correct the errors of his thinking. And the activist threatened to sue Jack again if the case is dismissed for any reason. Radical activists and government officials are targeting artists like Jack because they won't promote messages on marriage and sexuality that violate their core convictions. Now, mind you, Jack Phillips isn't going on a stand and starting to scream how gay people are evil and trans people are evil. He's not doing that. He just, I don't want to make your cake. And it's my business. I should be able to pretty much do whatever I want to do. Let capitalism take, take care of me. This case and others, including the case of the floral floral artist Baronel Stuntsman. I'm sure that was probably for the same reasons, but I, I don't know the case. Whose petition is pending before the U.S. Supreme Court represents a disturbing trend. The weaponization of our justice system to ruin those with whom the activists disagree. The harassment of people like Jack and Baronel, who ha- has been occurring already for nearly a decade and must stop. This will appeal 
we will appeal the decision and continue to defend the freedom of all Americans to peacefully live and work according to the deeply held beliefs without fear of punishment. So this poor bastard, who has been harassed for the last 10 years, and then the state of Colorado is supporting it. By the way, everything she said is true. This, again, is going to go to the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court doesn't grow some freaking ganas, this is never going to end. They are eventually going to have to rule on free speech versus freedom of religion. The problem is they know how the ruling needs to be ruled and no one wants to do it. And that coward, Chief Justice John Roberts, is part of the problem. Actually, I take it back, he is the problem, and that leads us to the next case. And this case, it's good news and it's bad news. The Supreme Court defied expectations on Thursday, and they issued a unanimous ruling that said that um, a group called the Catholic, uh, Catholic Foster Care Agency could not lose their contract in Philadelphia because they only supported single people, only supported couples of different sexes. So what does that mean? If, if you went to um, the Catholic Social Services uh, company, which is what this is, they would only allow you to adopt or care for a foster child if you were a man and a woman and you were both married. Gay couples weren't allowed. Single couples weren't allowed. Now, mind you, single couples, if it's a straight single person, they wouldn't help you either because they believe that a child needs a man and a woman. CNN reported, quote, Philadelphia violated the First Amendment when it froze the contract of Catholic foster care agency that refused to work with same-sex couples as potential foster parents because the agency believes that marriage should be between a man and a woman. They also don't support single people. The dispute arose because Catholic Social Services, which was receiving taxpayer funds, was unwilling to work with LGBT couples as foster parents out of religious objections to same-sex marriage. The policy was brought to attention. Into I do want to point out, the Bible says you will die if you do this. Okay, so if you're a religious Christian or Catholic, these are Catholics, yeah, it basically says you are committing a major sin. All right. This policy was brought to attention of the city in 2018 after inquiries from a local newspaper, and soon after, the government put a freeze on the contract. The group, led by longtime foster parent Sharonel Fulton, who has fostered more than 40 children over 25 years, brought to suit. Now, to be clear, if the gay couple walked into a Catholic social services and wanted to adopt a foster child, the service would say no, they couldn't help them, but here are 16 other services, that 19 other services that can help you in Philadelphia. And by the way, there are 19 other services that can help them that do not have these same restrictions. This thing went all the way to the Supreme Court where it was ruled 9-0 in favor of Catholic Social Services. Yay, right? Yeah, no. Chief Justice Roberts, what a garbage human being. What 
a garbage supreme. I'm sure he's a great human being, but he's a garbage justice. The court has already was already prepared for a six to three ruling on the case. Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer were not going to vote for either way. But for some reason, Justice Roberts seems to feel the need that there should be a unified court with making a ruling. So in other words, the court was prepared to make a ruling that was going to overturn precedents, by the way, that would pit free speech and freedom of religion. They were actually going to define that. A ruling that would have been substantial, and they were prepared to overrule a precedent. I can't remember the precedent. It's like Josh versus something. I don't know. They were prepared to overrule a precedent. John Roberts was prepared to overrule the precedent because John Roberts wanted a 9-0 ruling. He came up with this crap. CSS seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a matter consistent with the religious beliefs. It doesn't seek to impose those beliefs on others or anyone else. The refusal of Philadelphia to contract the CSS for the provision of foster care services unless it agrees to certify same-sex couples as foster parents violates the First Amendment. Certification as a foster parent is not readily accessible to the public. It involves a customized and selective assessment that bears little resemblance to staying in a hotel, eating at a restaurant, or riding a bus. What does that mean? He's basically saying because you guys did not create a standard assessment process on who could define foster and adoption, you can't just get rid of them because they've got religious deals. That was not part of your that was not part of your assessment. So therefore you can't get rid of them for that reason. God ball it. He is ballless, John Roberts. Essentially, all city, Philadelphia City Council needs to do is update their law with an assessment process that bars any religious regulations. And then this whole thing could start over again. But Judge Roberts did get a 9-0 ruling. The ruling didn't actually accomplish anything, but it was 9-0. Justice Samuel Alito, I think it was uh, Alito, uh, um, Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Amy Coney Barrett, and I'm not sure if Kavanaugh did this. They wrote a concurrence opinion, but they went the different direction, and they stated what I just told you. The court has emitted a wisp of a decision that leaves religious liberty, liberty in a confused and vulnerable state. Those who count on this court to stand up for the First Amendment have every right to be disappointed as I am. Just, you know, I'm sorry. Someone's going to have to be a man in this whole, uh, have some balls in this whole thing and make a decision. And this decision, though it's good, we're going to keep doing this for years and years and years. And the big problem with this decision is it is an incremental decision. It is a way for the left to actually, and the right does this too. They do this with abortion law. So it's not just the left that does this. But the left is just trying to chip away 
at religious freedom. They hate religion. It can't be. You can't like religion and be a socialist, right? Religion is the opioid of the masses, opioid, opiate of the masses, according to Karl Marx. They're trying to chip away at religion. And one of these days, we're going to have to have a case that goes to the Supreme Court and there is a definite, definite freaking stand on what is freedom of religion versus freedom of speech. And I do find it disturbing that Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan didn't see a problem with them getting rid of a religious institution. Because there are going to be other cases that are going to come up. Um, what about uh, removing tax-exempt status from religious institutions? What about taking away the accreditation for, relig for uh, religious education facilities like schools? I mean, this stuff is coming. California, it's coming. Really cowardice by, by Chief Justice John Roberts. And I, if I saw Bush, I would love to kill, kick him in the balls for actually taking this guy on and making him the Chief Justice. Okay, that's it. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we are going to talk, read and talk about Ibram X. Kendi's My Racist Introduction in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, which is a racist book. Uh, it's going to be a longer it's actually going to be more of a Sunday special, but it should be released tomorrow night. Um, uh, you can also visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. And you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. Don't forget to visit Rumble and YouTube for my Dumbasses Talking Politics video shorts. I haven't done one in a while, but i got to get back to it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Happy, uh, have a great weekend, and happy June 19th. Happy Juneteenth, because it is officially Juneteenth, starting tomorrow. Take care. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbass. Dumbass.